You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Talking about the church, amen, the Lord's really been dealing with different areas for 2019 for, for our leadership, for our church, and for the people, and things that we need to do, amen, to make our church more effective in this new year. I mean, I want to minister on the church for a bit, amen. And the title of my message is, The Church is Who We Are. How many believe that? The church is who we are, amen. Now, the church is not where we go. The church is who we are. Say that. The church is not where we go. The church is who we are. You got to understand that the building does not identify the church, amen. There was a quote from someone that said this, church is not something that we go to, it's a family that we belong to, amen. So I want to look at the church more, we got to look at it in a different way. It's, It's more than a gathering on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whenever function that we have, we have to become a family that functions together in 2019. So I want you to turn to the book of Acts, back in the book of Acts chapter 2, and go down to verses 46 and 47. Now read now the New Living Translation, and let's go back to the first church. Let's go back to see what, hap- what, what they did and made things happen, because in reality, this is a church that we're all birthed from. Amen? So the book of Acts chapter 2, 46 to 47, as you see there, It says, they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in their homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Uh, Another translation says, with sincere hearts. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill or the favor of all the people. And each day, somebody say each day. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The church. Let's look at the church. Amen. You know, we, it's not just a saying that we're going to church. But we have to know what the church is all about. So let's look at the church this morning. In this passage of scripture here that I just read, what it's telling you and I is that when people get saved, they connect. When people get saved, they connect themselves to the church. The scripture says that the Lord added to the church. See, a healthy Christian community, listen, attracts people to Christ. Come on. A healthy community, Christian community, attracts people to Christ. The church's zeal for worship and brotherly love is contagious. A healthy and loving church will grow automatically in numbers, listen, by the way they love each other. The question is to you, what are you doing 
to make PCLV a place that attracts others to Christ. You really got to take inventory. What am I doing? Say, tell yourself, what am I doing? You know, what are you doing to create this place here, this, your church, an attraction to others to Christ? When you invite coworkers and friends and families to church, do they give you the, the answer, yeah, you know, I'd like to go one of these days. I, I'd like to check out your church. I, I'd like to see what God's doing in your life. I'd like to go check it out. Or do they say, mm, I don't think so. I, I mean, really, how are you making PCLV attractive? Because it has to be displayed in your life. See, salvation is all about relationship with God and all belonging to a community of believers until a disciple understands this. Listen, you cannot take them further in disciple making. Jesus accomplished all that he wanted to do of making disciples through the local church. Now, if you say, I don't need to be a part of church, I don't need to go to church, Listen, then you violate the very essence of disciple-making. Matthew chapter 16, 18 and 19 say this. And I tell you, Peter, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys, keys to the, of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth, on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Amen. So I'm letting you here let you know, guys, that you know what? When we are not part of the church, then we violate the essence of disciple making. See, right here in this passage in Matthew, it says that Jesus is the one who says that who he is. He's saying who I am, what he's doing, and he says, I am building my church. The text is the agent. You got to understand that the church is the agent of God here on earth to establish his dominion. The church speaks for him. The church carries out his authority. God has given dignity to the local church. The ability to make disciple or disciple making comes through the church, but not just any church. A church that has a community of believers that understand the command of Jesus to go and make disciples. You know that there are churches today that don't do that? There are a lot of churches right now, even in our city right now, that are gathered in churches. There's great crowds. There's some churches out there, amen, that people go to. They gather. They attend. But they are not carrying the very principle that God gave them or Jesus Christ gave them of going and making disciples, not churchgoers, disciples. Listen, if we don't go and make disciples, then we are not being the church. Are you following me? See, Praise Chapel Christian Fellowship, the fellowship that you and I belong to, has been fruitful in disciple-making and church planting. We have over, you know how many churches we have? In our fellowship, give a number. 4,200 churches all over, the, all over the world. That's the church that you and I belong to. So in reality, we are a big church all over the world. 
We have 4,200 churches in the world today, and we are over, and we are in over 35 nations today. See, for a person to become a Christian, he or she must have a personal relationship of who Jesus is, a personal encounter with the Lord. When Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus tells Peter, you are blessed because you did not learn this from any other person. My father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. See, Peter got revelation of who Jesus is because he had a relationship with the Father. See, when you and I have a relationship with God Almighty, he will reveal to you who the Son is. He will reveal to you who Jesus is. He will reveal to you the secrets. Listen, church, that are in the Word of God. That help us to grow and learn. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, when a person gets saved, they are changed by the power of God. Come on, uh, come on, when they truly make a declaration, uh, when they truly make an, a call or answer a call to an altar uh, and say, God, I'm done with my life. And there is a sincere heart in you that, God, I am done. I, I, I'm remorse from the things from the past, God. I, I want to start over. I, I want something fresh in you uh, that when you answer the altar call, amen, and you come to the altar of God, amen, you are changed by the power of God. That through Jesus Christ, you don't just believe in something. You become something new. That's why when we get saved, we don't need to go back to our past. Because something happens right here in the very person, amen. There is an encounter with God, amen. And if they are true and honest in their hearts that they want change, God comes inside their heart, amen. And something powerful happens in that individual. Come on, I'm telling you, when you have an encounter with God, every chain is broken in your life. I had an encounter 23 years ago, church, that set me free from alcoholism. That was an encounter. It's not something I did. Only Christ can do that. At a very moment when I said, I want you, God. When you're serious with God, he's serious with you. You become brand new, church. Hallelujah, it's better than a brand new haircut. Come on, clothes, new clothes can't change you the way God can change you. Come on, haircuts can't change you the way God can change you. Amen. Changing the color of your hair, ladies, can't change you like how God can change you. Amen. When you have an encounter with God, amen, he's the one that brings true change inside of you. No one's inside it. Come on. Maybe you're not changed yet. Come on. I'm excited, church. I can preach this because I know the power of God. Come on. I know what God has done in my life. Amen. I have felt the power of God. My wife can testify to that. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. This means that anyone 
who belongs to Christ. That's anyone. That's you, amen. That's me. Anyone that comes to the altar, anyone that accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It says, if anyone belongs to Christ, he becomes a new person. The old is gone and the new life has begun, church, amen. Everything of your past, every hang-up, everything that you were tied up to, that the devil had you tied up to, amen, thought that you cannot change, that you cannot overcome. That when you have an encounter with God, you become a brand new person. And all that old is gone, Lord. And something new starts to happen inside of you. That's why my wife is creating this conference for you ladies, amen. Because she wants something new in your life. I believe that through this conference, you're going to have some radical ladies in this place. Come on, I'm talking fireballs, I'm talking whatever it is, amen, whatever kind of ball you want to be, amen. You're going to be something different. Invest, 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 ladies, invest people, invest church, invest in the power of God, invest your life in Christ because he makes you brand new. It's very important in the life of a disciple. This is very important for us, church, that relationship is established and maintained, listen, through the local church. Come on. Go talk to somebody who says, I'm the church, and I don't need the church that are out there. They're crazy. They're all jacked up in their minds because they have no direction. All there is is their own revelation. Come on. That's why you need the church. You need the body. You need, to, you need to be established inside you. This is how we maintain. This is how we establish a relationship with God is through the local church. It's through life groups. It's through any kind of connection within the church, church, that, church, church, that establishes us. 1 Peter 2, 5 says this, you also are like living stones being built into a spiritual house to become a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It says that we are being built, church. Uh, come on, being built in relationship as a whole body. To be, to build God's house and to be built into God's house. Did you understand that? To build God's house and to be built into God's house means that being in relationship with the rest of the house. Listen, church, if we are going to build his house, how many know that we need to all get along? Come on, somebody. Come on, we all have to get along, amen, in this house, church, amen. Uh, we have to get along. We have to work together in order to function together, amen. We have to flow together. We have to walk in the same direction. Uh, we have to be in one mind and one accord in order to be the voice. We have to have the same voice. Come on, somebody. You can't declare what you declare. It has to be the same voice. We may all preach different, but it's the same gospel. Listen, we have to have the same voice. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 20 says this. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. We're, if you don't know, you're a Gentile. Unless you're a Jewish man in here. Anybody Jewish in here? 
We're Gentiles. If you didn't know that, amen. So he says, no, now you're not an outsider. You're, you know, we know that the Jews are God's chosen people, but now God's saying here, you're part of the chosen group now. You're part of here. You're no longer strangers. You're no longer foreigners. You are citizens, listen, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And together, somebody say together. Come on, together we are his house built on a foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. Which means, church, listen, I want you to listen to this carefully. We don't have the liberty to detach ourselves from the body or from the local church. If we do, we stop disciple-making process. Ephesians chapter 4.16, it says that he makes the whole body fit perfectly together as each part. Say, as I do my part. Come on, as I do my part. He said that he fits it perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Full of love. Let me tell you, church, love is a key. Love is the key, church. To the whole thing that we do. Last year's banner was what? Love. God was reminding us of the love that we need to have for one another. Amen. It says that, you know what, the, the world will know who, that we're his disciples by the way we love one another. We have to understand that love is a key. And right here, it says right here that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. The church is a gathering of people. You're not alone. You alone are not the church. You know who you are? You're the temple of God. You're not the church of God. Did you get that? You're not the church of God. You are the temple of God. Church comes from the Greek word ecclesia. Ecclesia means this. A gathering or assembly of people. In the New Testament, it means to call out. Or to call together. Look at somebody say, he's calling you out. He's calling you out. Well, in reality, you know what God's doing, amen? God is calling you to go for it. Just go for it. Get involved. Get crazy for me. Just step into ministry. Start doing something in my kingdom and see if I don't do something in your life. you got to get involved. I say you got to get involved. Come on, otherwise we're just taking up room in the house of God. God wants to use you. You got to get involved. And so he says, you know what? It's a, it's a, you got to come together. And so the ecclesia means a, a gathering or assembling of people. Like I said in the New Testament, God is calling us out to assemble together in order, look at, listen, to make disciples. That is God's call and God's command to the church. It's not calling to do this or calling to do that. It's calling to make disciples. Not just starting ministries. Not just doing this. He's calling us to make disciples. The church is not invisible. It's real people assembled together in a real place. A place that offers, 
offers real faith for what? Real change. That's our model. If you didn't know that. That's what's hanging on our building, our, our sign. This is real faith for real change. We are only the church as we assemble and as we work together with everyone, every one of you doing your part, whatever that part is, but doing it. Are you doing your part today? Or are you just coming? There has to be a challenge, church. There's a lot of churches that are open that you can just go and come as you please. There's no requirements besides your money. There's no requirements. There's no dedication. It's just come and you'll be okay. I'm here to let you know that doesn't get you in. It's a relationship. It's about discipleship. So we got to all do our parts. We all have to offer something up to the Lord. He's laid down his life, church, for you. What, for you can sit down? I don't think so. Jesus says to go into all the world and make disciples. That means dads and moms, your job is to raise and disciple your kids. It's not the church's responsibility. It's not the Sunday school. It's your job. It's your job as a disciple. You can't just throw, go there, go get, go get Jesus. <laughs> Don't dump it on us, amen. We will teach them. We will train them. But it's your job to disciple them. It's your job to, to, to your job. <laughs> your job. <laughs> I need water. See, a little East L.A. comes out of me every once in a while. Or, or Mexico comes out of me, amen. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 16, uh, you don't have this, amen, but I just added this to my notes. It says this, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church. Apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, leaders, or teachers. Uh, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God that we will mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, we, then we will no longer be immature like children. We will not be tossed and blown by every wind of new teachings. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies that so, that so cleverly sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps other parts grow so that the body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is the church. This is our responsibility. He's put people in position. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. Make disciples. You don't need a title to make a disciple. You just need to spend time with some people. You need to share the word of God, encourage one another. This is what the church is required to do, church. Until we do that in unity. We come together, you know, we, we will no longer be immature. Come on, we're not going to bail when something happens. We're going to work it out, church. But it requires getting involved. Getting involved. Some of you guys need to really look at this. It's on the screen right now. 
you really got to ask yourself, are you involved or are you just coming? This is something for all of us. All of us have a part to do. It, it doesn't matter how big the part is, how little the part is. The Bible says that, you know, that the, the, the body creates many parts. But we need every part to function. We can't say to the pinky, I don't need you. We can't say to the eyeball, I don't need you. You know, I'm just using other things. The Bible doesn't say that, but it uses body parts. You can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Come on, how many know that we need every hand and every pinky and every, everything that you are, man? Our man. Everything that you are, man. <laughs> Come on, if you're just a, 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 an eyebrow, we need you. How many know that eyebrows are very important? Hallelujah. That's why some, some women paint them on. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> we need them. And some, some, some of them really need them. <laughs> but every part is a function. Every part is important. Do you know that the eyebrow keeps uh, the sweat from our eyes? Do you know that's, that's why it's there? It's not to just say, well, God just went like this. Goes, I'm just going to put some hair right here. He did it for a purpose. So when you sweat, guess what? It hits here and it runs to the side. Really? Look at every function. And there is a function for everything that we do, everything that's on our bodies, church. The same thing goes with the body of Christ. We need every function. Now, now don't go weird on this, church. Because you can, you can start going weird on this and you can create your own theology. You know, when I, when I minister up here, I minister in parables. I minister into understanding. I don't want you to say, thus saith the Lord. I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord here. And what pastor says, you know, you need to be an eyebrow because you create a lot of sweat. You know, don't, don't, don't confuse people, church. I know some people, you walk out with some weird gospel, amen. And that's not what I'm saying. You got to hear, listen, you got to hear the voice behind the voice. Come on, I, that's why I pray. Those that have an ear, let, the, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Don't, don't make my words concrete. Don't make it solid. Because you'll run with some gospel. I, I'm not saying this is, I'm creating a gospel for you to make it simple for you. But you've got to hear what the voice is saying behind me. The Spirit is what teaches you, church. I'm bringing forth the Word and the Spirit is what ministers to you. I can't wow, I can't wow you in any way, I, it has to be the Spirit of God. Are, are you understanding? Amen. I need to get going still here. Disciples are made when people are actively, listen, involved in the local church. Jesus brought his disciples into a relationship with each other and experienced ministries together as they got involved. Did they always get along? No. Man, the, you read the Bible, they argue with each other. Come on, sometimes they were mean to each other. Hello, church. That's us. <laughs> but disciple-making process demands that they learn to work together. Come on, they needed to love each other and others. They did not need to church hop. Come on, they didn't teach that. Did you know that in the first church there was no church hopping? There wasn't, amen, meaning they could not leave the group. They cannot make their own church. They cannot do their own thing. You know what? why there's so many religions, so many churches? People want to do their own thing. They didn't get along with the church and say, you know what, later with this, amen, I'm going to create my own church. 
and I'm going to call it this, and I'm going to call it that, and I'm going to call it this. And it says there's only one church, and it's in the book of Acts. That is the church. That is the foundation of how we need to build our church. That is our church. And everybody goes because they didn't like this. They take that out. They put this on. Boom, 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 boom. I got my own gospel here. So I can do what I want to do and still make it in. They think. Listen, when, it, when disagreements came, amen, or when people look at you, where don't get up and leave. Don't miss a few services. Work it out. Man, we come in, a new sister comes in. And then you get offended because she looked at you weird. Pastor, I'm not going in, man. She, that, that, that new sister, that new brother that walked in the church and made, made a weird eye at me. You know what? I'm offended. No, that's just how she looked. Something happened to her eye that day. But we get offended. Man, you sit next to somebody and, oh, my Lord, they smell today. That's it. I'm done. Yet, you don't know that their water was out. Their heater went out. They couldn't take a shower, but they still came to church. See, we, we don't know stories sometimes. We create judgment on people. And those kind of judgments stop us from being part of the church. And part of stop us from getting involved. I'm offended. You know, I was really hurt when you said this. Even I say some things, you know, Pastor, you offended me. Didn't shake my hand. Get over it. I'll shake your hand now if you want to. Maybe slap you too. You should know who I am. Maybe I'm busy that day. Maybe there's a lot of things going on in my mind that I need to do and Yet, I'm sorry that I didn't pass by or I'd make the effort to come to you. Sometimes you got to take consideration. Maybe pastor's just busy today. That doesn't mean he doesn't love me today. Come on, somebody. Come on. Okay, everybody, I love you all, okay? Done. <laughs> no one leaves offended today. Man, he didn't shake my hand. He goes, hugs that brother, and he hasn't been here for six months. What's up with that? I'm faithful. Thank you for your faithfulness. I love you too. Come on, we get weird. Church, we get weird. <laughs> we, get, we all get weird. Yes, we have emotions, but God's telling you to work it out. Don't church hop. I'm done. We'll go to Pastor Sonny's church. He'll send you back. He will. Let me tell you, you show up there, amen, and say, I'm here to serve. He'll, he'll, call me, he'll call me right after service. You know what? I, I got some people, and they're acting weird. <laughs> That's what he'll say. They're acting weird, Pastor. I don't, what do you want me to do? Kick them out. Just kick them out. Let me tell you, Pastor Sonny respects me. There's a relationship built in. And I'll, I'll do the same for his people. Go back. Go home. Go home. You can stay today, but you're gone tomorrow. <laughs> we'll lock the door if we see you parking. 
You see, in the local church setting, disciple learns to minister and experience ministry in action. It's called to work it out, church. I've seen so many people leave the church because they didn't work it out. And the truth is, there were areas that needed to get developed in their life or changed in their life. And rather than work it out or change, they preferred to leave. Sometimes those, those mix-ups, those, those rubbing, amen, God is doing something in you. He's trying to remove something in you. He's trying to make you better. He's trying to make a change in your life. And sometimes he'll bring somebody that will rub you wrong. But instead of saying, work it out, okay, keep rubbing me. Sometimes that rubbing turns into a, something that's smooth and polished. Some of you guys are roughed up. But sometimes you'll use somebody that says, you know what, I need her to rub him wrong or her wrong or whatever wrong. And not <laughs> Sanding, getting sanded down don't feel good, church. But God allows it. Now, don't run with this gospel again, amen. Some of you guys, yeah, I'm a sandpaper. Who are you? <laughs> Don't look at somebody else and say, you're a piece of wood that needs to get sanded. And pastor told me I need to get next to you. Don't. Are you guys getting understanding what I'm saying? So when things are happening, we're supposed to work it out. Back in the early church, they worked things out. They didn't jump. They didn't leave. They didn't get offended. Amen. They worked it out. They talked to their leaders. They, they worked it out. They got help. They got encouragement. They, they counseled, amen, and say, we work it out. This is my church. Listen, it's important to find a church that you can grow. Even people that come here, new people that get saved, you know, I tell them, plug in, grow, amen. But if this is not your place, find a place that you can. I'd rather them stay here. But you know what? If this is not it, Find it where it's going to be it. But when you find it, stay there and work it out. Get involved, work it out. Disciples are made in serving together in the local church. David Platt writes this in his book. And that clock is wrong. It's just throwing me off, man. I'm over here racing in. I said, it's going to be 1 o'clock already. Early 1240, amen. I better slowed up. <laughs> I need to slow up here, amen. I'm trying to race here. It's wrong. <laughs> New batteries. I'm sorry, it just throws me off church. I'm over here looking at I looked at my I said, devil. <laughs> work it out. We gotta work it out, church. They had they didn't have the liberty. They couldn't just take off. They worked it out. You know, you, you read the book of Acts that we just read in, in, in uh, chapter 2, the, the last verses of 46 and 47. It says that God added to them because they came together. They, they went to the temple. Or they went to the church together. They worshiped God together. They broke meals together. That's, that means that they outside the church they had a relationship. They met in their homes they had church outside. They fellowshiped. They broke bread with glad. It says glad and sincere hearts. They, they, they wanted to hang out. Not that I have to hang out with them. They wanted to hang out as part of the body, as part of the church. How many of the church goes beyond these four walls? It goes into our, our, to your homes. It goes into our homes. It goes everywhere. 
We're here to build the church. David Platt writes in this book, Indeed, the church is God's plan for multiplying the gospel to all nations. And where Christians lock arms with one another in communities of faith, pursuing a radical savior. And the very gates of hell cannot stop the spread of God's glory. And it goes on to say, commit your life or get involved into the community of believers that is intentionally multiplying the gospel by making disciples. There has to be an intention, church. The things that we do have purpose. The things that I tell you have purpose. It's not to bring me any glory. It's not for me to jump on you and rail you. I'm not railing you. I'm teaching you. I'm helping you. Everyone here has great potential. And there's times where the Lord allows me to see the potential in the lives of people. And I'll look at that now. And God shows me a glimpse of, man, this person or that person or she or he has great potential. But then I see it wasted. And just like the Lord hurts, I hurt when I see man talent wasted. He's not willing to let go of something. He's not willing to get involved because it requires work. And the thing is, we work for eight hours. You got to work for this? Yes. Don't you have to work on your marriages? Right? You can't just say, okay, I do and that's it. Make me food. <laughs> huh? Wash my, my clothes. That, that, that's not it. You work it out. Come on, hey. Are, are, are marriages going to go through fights and arguments? Right? That's why even Paul says, don't marry. <laughs> don't get married. It's going to be hell. It's going to be... Oh, your life's over. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. That you, you can read. But it says, but if you burn with lust, and you want to have a relationship, and you want what my wife was saying on that, on that Saturday night. <laughs> if you want that involvement, <laughs> hallelujah, then get married. But don't just marry anyone. And don't just marry for that only. Because your marriage will not last either. Ask God to bring you a mate. Ask God, this is what I need, Lord. This is what I want. Describe your perfect man or your perfect woman to God for you. See, my, my, my wife's not perfect, but she's perfect for me. She's exactly perfect for me. She is designed for me and me alone. She is my perfect mate. Do we have flaws? Yes. But she's the only one for me. Because God designed her for me. Come on. And God worked it out. He works out what's bad for good. Maybe we intendedly not, were not designed to go down that route because of our choices, but when we gave our lives to the Lord, he perfected it. And so even choices that you make wrong, 
God can perfect it. You can't just say, this is not working out. You got to work it out. Just like the church, you got to work it out. You can't just take off. You can't just bail or church hop. You can't girl hop <laughs> or guy hop. <laughs> you know, wife hop, wife swap, let's swap wives. <laughs> and that's what the world does. Church, that's what the church does. They may not be doing it in the church, but they, 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 they trade in. They give up. And pretty soon there's some, there was somebody else in the church. And the other person's here. It's, it's, it's just weird, guys. We've got to work it out. Are you understanding, church? We have to work it out. You know, the king once said, not the king of kings, but Rodney King said, can we just all get along? You know, I, I believe that there are some truths and some things that we hear in the world that we can apply it to our lives. Because in that way, God is still using a sinner to speak to the world. You know, when I come to Saturday morning prayer, and I'm telling you guys, prayer is a key. You got to get involved in prayer. If you have no prayer life, let me tell you, you're going to have a rough 2019. You've got to have some prayer life. But when I come to pray here on Saturday morning, I stand at that door. I pray and I stand at that door looking at our parking lot. And I pray for our parking lot. I pray for our businesses that are here, even those that are wrong. I pray, God, you, you move and you cover our, our city because I look at this church as Christ is the cornerstone of the church. We are the cornerstone of this plaza. And so whatever I speak and whatever I ask of the Lord, he'll give me because he put us in the corner of this plaza as a cornerstone and as an example to this community here. So I pray, God, protect our parking lots. Protect your cars that when you come, that your car will be okay when you leave. I pray for our kids as they're playing out there that they don't get affected by anything they see or get hurt outside. I pray that the bar next door, the bar next door that will use a sinner to speak the gospel to someone that's drinking. Let me tell you, drunks that were once saved start talking God. If he used a donkey, he can use a drunk that will cause conviction to say, I'm out of here. I, 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 I say, God, I know that they're not, you're not going to close it down, but you use people in there that know there are backsliders to start speaking the gospel even as they're drunk. God, you move. They're having a great time over there. <laughs> they're getting along. Hallelujah. They're being the church. As I close today, told you I'd get you out in time. Remember, the church is not where we go. The church is who we are. See, some of us, that's what we need. Some of you guys, man, have faces like you've been sucking on a lemon all day. You need a smile. Hallelujah. Are you saved? There's no joy inside of you, man. I, it, it really is, man. Are you a Christian? You, where, where's the joy? 
at work, man, I, ex I express my joy. I'm all, man, they, they trip out on me. My job trips on me. Man, they, one, one guy, one you guy says, you know what, Art's so patient. And in reality, I'm not patient. But I just, I work on that. I, I work on patience in my life. I, I, I am a very impatient man, but you don't see that in my life. I am a very patient man. My wife gets episodes of the impatientness. Sometimes my leadership gets uh, some signs of my impatientness, amen. And, 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 but, but the thing is, I, tr I work on that. And so they see me at work, and I mean, there will be people that, you know what, they're, they're just, man, killing the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a sale, but I can't leave them, and they see my patientness. And, and I, this new guy was saying, man, Art's so patient. Man, look at him. He's been there with them for an hour and a half. And look at him. He's still smiling. <laughs> but it's my testimony. And they, if they ask me, why are you so patient? I, I tell them, well, it's God working on me. Because in reality, this is what I keep in my head. God, help me to be a patient man. I keep it by my palms. I keep it by everything that I call it. Ask God to search my heart, God. What's, what's the default? What's, what's wrong in my life? Where, where, show me the, 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 the stuff inside of me that, you know, that's really not right. And he shows me. When I ask God, he shows me what's wrong with me. See, some of you got to ask God, what's wrong with me? God, where's my, where's, my, where's, my, where's my faults at? Because if you ask God, let me tell you, he'll show you your faults. And I ask God, God, I want to be who I need to be. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best pastor, best father, best grandfather, best person, best co-worker, best whatever, God. But show me those things that are inside of me that separate me from you. Some of you guys have to start your prayer life by asking God, what's wrong with me? And then I start praying on it. Do you get delivered from it right away? No. But let me tell you, I put my, I put my faith and what I pray to into practice. And I bite my tongue when I need to. And I'm learning to say things when I'm not me. So I'm really taking the word that James says, be, be quick to listen and slow to speak. I, I, man, there's times where I, I cut my wife off. And she's trying to express something. I'm trying to bring correction right away or bring a solution right away. And he goes, just listen to me. And it really convicts me. That man, I'm not patient, and 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 that's what it is. I'm a I'm a pastor. I'm a husband that wants to fix everything. So when you come to me, I'll even jump on you. Well, pastor, hear my story first. No, no, you got to do this. Because I want to fix you, but I got to listen to you first before I can offer a solution. Because right away I'm thinking this. Right away, that, that's all of us. We right away we think. Very first sentence come out. We like. Blah, 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 blah. Instead of just letting her or whoever the person spill what they need to spill, let me, let me, let me digest on this. Okay, God, I was gonna, if I would have just jumped in, I would have went this way. But it really isn't about that. I heard the whole story. Now I can understand. So God, help me, help me, help me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. I think that's a prayer for a lot of us here today. Church, if we're going to really be who we need to be, and we're going to be the disciple making, we're going to learn how to get along, then you got to understand that you're not perfect. <laughs> and stop judging everybody else that you think is not. We, we don't know the story, and sometimes we don't take time to learn 
or know each other. And if we can simply start to be the fellowship that we need to be, then we can understand one another. And why? That's why it's just like this. So that's why they're there. And this is what, ha- that's why they're there because this is what's happened in their lives. And we, under- we get to learn each other. But we have to spend time with one another. And it goes for the love for that person. That love that one time you said, man, they have an uglier attitude. Or this or that. And yet we're casting so much judgment and we don't even know the person. But if we spend time, then God helps us to learn each other and we can help by praying for one another. Prayer is a key, church. But the first person that you got to lay on that, that throne is you. God, what is wrong with me? God, I can't disciple anybody if I don't know my past. I can't disciple this if I don't think there's nothing wrong with me. You fix the things in me if I can help you fix them. Jesus said,